The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on Sunday. This is Sunday. about the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Oh, Judd's up, giddy up. Welcome to the Failure to Stop podcast channel, the number one show for police, meet society, and culture. Your host Eric Tansy, joined by the always beautiful and audacious Andrea Uplate for this Tuesday night true crime night shift. We do four different types of shows on this podcast channel. Tonight just happens to be true crime Tuesdays. So if you're tuning in on Tuesdays, it's always true crime, it's always night shift. On Thursdays, we have Com Center with Drew Breezy and Jonathan Bates. Friday, our flagship show, The Breakdowns. And don't forget our last call show with myself and Dead Leg Media, where we cover everything else. That's happening around the world other than law enforcement or first re- first responder related things. Today's show is brought to you by ghostbed.com, Manscaped, and a new one. Here we go. Are you ready? We've got a new sponsor. Well, I'm ready. Stamps.com, baby. Stamps. Really? Stamps.com. Yeah, Stamps.com. It's going to be uh, it's a great partnership with those guys. I think we're doing a lot with them. We've had to switch over to megaphone. All the things. If you want to like and support this show, hit like in the YouTubes. Uh, you can leave us a super chat on the old YouTubes like Calso and David J have done tonight. Calso uh, jumping 50 bones, man. Thank you. Thank you. We need thank it to you. fix all these technical difficulties that we had this night, uh, this evening. David J, thank you so much for the 20 bones as well, my friend. Um, uh, we have a meetup April 12th. If you want to be at the meetup, hit us up in the DMs. There's a lot of people flying in for this thing. The hotel's booking up pretty quick. It's going to be a lot of fun. And that's Wednesday, April 12th, just outside of Raleigh, North Carolina, at Instill Distilling Company from 5 to 8, and then from 8 to 10 over at our podcast studio, uh, where there'll be some more d'oeuvres and some free beverages for all those who come out. And it's walking distance from the hotel. So uh, if you want to join in on all that, let us know any true crime news out there in the true crime world before we dive into tonight's case. The Kermit Gosnell. Is it Gosnell or Josnell? Okay. And uh, it's got, terrible. We got a 30 second delay tonight. Um, what do we have in uh, true crime news? So we actually have quite a few updates. I'm sure you guys, unless you live under a rock, uh, you've seen that Murdaugh, the Murdaugh trial has come to an end and he was convicted of first degree murder of his wife and his son. It took the jury, what, less than three hours to deliberate that. Uh, the jury has said uh, a, a few things now that they've spoken. Um, he did receive two consecutive life terms. Uh, his, sentence, his sentencing was just a couple days ago on the Third, um, so South Carolina has seven maximum security prisons. He'll be sent to one of those. Evidently, all men go to the Kirkland Correctional Institute in Columbia first. Uh, they'll take a couple of months to do some evals, uh, physical, psych, etc., and then decide where to place him based on the results of that stuff. Uh, interestingly enough, though, the jury has said that the most incriminating piece they found from prosecution was the audio that was retrieved from Paul, the murdered son's camera or phone that had the video that had audio of Alex's voice on it. 
And that's when he had to come back and be honest about the fact that he was at the crime scene five minutes before their phones were shut off indefinitely. Uh, and then his story goes that he took the golf cart to the house for a nap and whatever. But for two for two years, he's maintained that he was never at the kennels until he found their bodies. Um, so they've said that that definitely is really was the nail in the coffin for, for I'm him. Sure. I'm sorry. It's sad that it had to come to that, that that's like, that was the only piece that that was the piece of evidence that got him. Well, I, I think like- that that was the only thing that I, I do think I'll say I'm a little surprised. I thought they would find reasonable doubt. Right. And I think that's the only thing there's just no, there's no coming away from that. Like there's no uh, reasoning yourself out of that. That was too much. Right. Yeah. Too much. Too much. Well, that's uh, that's awesome. I'm glad that we have the Murdoch thing behind us. I know that he, there's some other things that they're going to end up trying him for some of the fraud stuff. I, like, who cares at this point? Maybe I guess they're going to come yeah. after his estates, things like that. But uh, tonight's going to be a doozy of a show. Um, well, hang on. Started out as bit. an abortion. The show started out as an abortion. We had tons okay, of that's technical. The one. You get one and no more of those jokes for the show. For real. <laughs> we got we had technical difficulties all night. Uh, and, uh, so yes, so the, the, you know, sad thing is, is the show started out in abortions and I think we're talking about abortions tonight. At least that's all so, I know about Kermit Gosdow. So, um, yeah, uh, real quick. I did want to touch if I can quickly on the, the Idaho murders, some documents have been unsealed recently. Um, so we know that they found the knife during a raid at Brian Koberger's parents' house in Pennsylvania that he had traveled to. They were able to get familial DNA out of a trash can at that home the same night that they obtained the knife. And then, of course, they took a bugle or a cheek swab from him once they uh, gained custody of him. Um, But that was pretty interesting to hear that that's how that went. Uh, His next court date is set for June 26th, and he faces four counts of first-degree murder. Now, here's a big one, guys. Dylan Rounds. James Brenner was officially charged with Dylan Rounds' murder. Hmm. Uh, James Brenner was, or Jim, James or Jim was the man who lived on the property. They called him a squatter. We know he had a pretty violent or aggressive past. He's been in, I think that they must've been, I think they've had him for this for a while. They just couldn't charge him quite yet because he's been in custody for owning a firearm as a felon for quite some time. They pulled him in on that as soon as they possibly could. Uh, Dylan's boots, if you remember, had a little bit of blood on them. They actually had James Brenner's blood on them as well. Um, and then this was super interesting, um, super, super interesting. Dylan's cell phone last pinged where Brenner had been squatting, but a video was just recovered, or we we're just now made aware of a video that was recovered that shows a time-lapse video of a blood-covered James Brenner cleaning a gun. So Ooh. we haven't heard. It's been crickets on Dylan Rounds. So that's news. That is crazy news. Um, man, glad to hear that. Before we jump into today's show, uh, listen, we're doing uh, some giveaway. We're gonna do a giveaway the next couple of week, uh, next co- uh, next week or so on our Instagram channel. So if you want to follow us on Instagram, we we'll go over to Failure to Stop on our Instagram, um, and we're gonna start doing giveaways again. Um, probably not every week, but every month we're gonna do a new giveaway, um, and that is because we're uh, partnered now with Stamps. 
Stamps.com. Stamps.com for over 25 years has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. They give you access to USPS and UPS shipping services. Everything you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, and no waiting. And that's great because I hate standing in line at the post office. And that's why I rarely go there to deliver my packages. One of my favorite things about stamps.com is that if you sell products online stamps.com seamlessly connects with every major marketplace and shopping cart and if you need a package pickup you can easily schedule it through your stamps.com dashboard i do everything from my laptop and our printer right back here sign up today with promo code wolfpack for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments no contracts just go to stamps.com click the microphone at the top of the page and enter the code wolfpack this is so easy that the chief of a fire station could do it chief jay Kiefer could do this in a heartbeat get a four-week trial free postage digital scale go to www.stamps.com forward slash Wolfpack. Thank you so much, Stamps.com, for sponsoring the show. Postage rates just increased again, but luckily Stamps.com has the best discounts in the industry. Rates you literally cannot find anywhere else, like 84% off at USPS and UPS. Plus, Stamps.com automatically tells you the cheapest and fastest shipping options. www.stamps.com forward slash Wolfpack. And again, thank you guys so much for joining the Failure to Stop family. That's right. Uh, real quick, Bosco asked if there was no, has there been a body found in the Dylan Rounds case? There's not. Um, James is actually also being charged with mutilation and or desecration of a body. So I guess that's par for the course anyway. Um, I feel like they, you know, I, we, we say it every, every single week, but I'm pretty sure they know a lot more than we know at this point, have probably gotten a lot more out of him, uh, more evidence toward things that, you know, that we don't know yet, but no, as far as we're concerned or as far as we know, uh, nobody as of yet. Now, moving along, we are definitely t- changing things. I will go on a limb and say that to me, this might be uh, David J. Thank you for the super chat money. But actually, no. If Eric starts making jokes, I'm closing the computer and leaving because dude, fucking close it, man. Fucking close it, dude. We re rip jokes on this show every week. And if mm. old David J. wants some jokes tonight, you're going to get my best, homie. You will get my best. Thank you so much for that. Drew Breezy dropping $10. Murr in full support of old Davy Jones. 20 bucks. I'll see what I can do, folks. I'll see what I can do. After the show. He's he's open for comedy hour after the show. This one's really heavy. Um, I mean, I quit eating my lunch reading about it. It's been weighing heavy for a couple of days. It's, it's really, really horrible. I'll give you guys some warnings. There's some, uh, some trigger warnings here in terms of... Um, infant, uh, loss, death, murder, uh, just a lot, a lot of things, but we're going to talk about it because I feel like it needs to be talked about because I feel like, unfortunately, this kind of thing could be going on elsewhere and likely could likely is. And it's, um, opening. Is true crime ever not heavy? I feel like we give the same. It's always heavy. Some of this stuff is more sensitive. Well, I feel like as adults, right, we can we can navigate what's more sensitive than other stuff, and this is this is definitely one of them, Um, for sure. You know, so we're going to talk about Kermit Gosnell. Uh, He was born February of 1941. And there's a fail right there. I feel like if your family, can we just talk about that before we get into the deep heavy stuff? If your family named you Kermit. Right? Yeah, you're done. Like, you know, you're kind of set up for what year did this take place? 
from like late seventies, early eighties until arrest that was so made Kermit in two thousand eleven. Kermit wasn't a trending name back then. I don't think was Kermit ever a trending name. Well, I mean, Sesame Street was at its peak at that point. Right, but does any well, yeah, but if it was at its peak, that means in fast forward twenty years. I mean, fast forward. Right. The, no, you, you mean wouldn't, it you wouldn't be, be an human. adult and a doctor for twenty years after. Right. Right. No. It, I, I, yeah. I don't. I know. So you mean go back thirty years? Right. Yeah. I just feel like Kermit is. Uh, I don't. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm guessing this guy did something horrible because he, he doesn't make night shift for being a churchgoer. That's a very good point. Oh, goodness. All right. So we're going to talk about him. Um, he provided abortions at his clinic in West Philadelphia. And we're going to talk a little, I'm going to leave personal politics out of it. But what's interesting is we all know that abortion is very politically swayed in, in, in the different camps. And this one has a bit of a turn of events. It's a bit um, counterintuitive, if you will, the way this all went down and how it relates to politics. So it's a little bit interesting. And we're certainly going to talk about that as well. Um, he has been convicted of quite a few things. He is currently serving time in Pennsylvania, and we're going to talk about all of those things and why he's there. All right. But let's start with how he was even found. It was drugs. So think about, uh, your drug mills, your Oxycontin, your Percocets, your Oxycodones, whatnot. So a local detective, Jim Wood, uh, there in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, was working hard on the drug scene. Uh, he was not a homicide detective. He was a drug detective. And he found, uh, he was kind of just moving up the ranks on the street. And so he'd find someone and turn them and find somebody else, right? And kind of keeps doing this and doing this and realizes he broke down. I've listened to a ton of interviews. This guy is uh, super intelligent and any of his coworkers. Um, and superiors have had nothing but amazing things to say about this guy. And it, and it shows in the interviews, but he would break down the cost of pills. Um, so let's say at this time, if you could get like 60 bucks for an Oxycontin pill and you got 60 to 80 of them, you're selling, you know, at one time, and then you're selling that many of them multiple times a day. So he's just breaking down the amount of money, sheer, just thousands and thousands of dollars to be made off of these pills. So he's doing it and you can hear some, if you go into any of this, you can hear a lot of, uh, there's great audio for a lot of this case, meaning the drugs and then even moving forward with um, Gosnell now that he's in prison, there's been a lot of talking with him. So Jim Wood, the detective found a source and he starts working the source who's providing him with the oxy. He's getting higher and higher up. And he knew, they knew that these little drug mills and these like super quack, gross doctors, you know, would sometimes prescribe this stuff. And that would ultimately be their dealer would be this physician, right? And then they get it from him and they turn around and sell it on the street. So he works this source. She eventually actually goes to jail for something unrelated in the, in the middle of this. But before she did, uh, he was able to get the name of the doctor that she was getting the drugs from. And it was Kermit Gosnell. And so uh, as soon as he gets the name, you know, boom, like he's elated because now he knows like he's got the big dogs. So they go in to investigate his facility. They have a warrant <clears throat> uh, after they've kind of talked to him a little bit, got more information from her, going with a warrant. And that unlocks Pandora's box of everything they didn't even anticipate finding. So finding out what was going on here in this clinic was 
purely by accident. He really thought he was just not just, but he thought, you know, he was busting up this drug ring and that was the extent of it. Little did he know or anyone he worked with, it was a huge undertaking that took quite some time. Um, and ultimately, thankfully, did lead to the downfall of this clinic and the um, prosecution of Gosnell. So this is interesting. He made a good point to say that, <clears throat> you know, we know this, right? With every profession, we talk about police all the time and, and first responders, but um, also with doctors, with you name it, in any profession, you're going to have people who do really bad things or use it, you know, to exploit it and, and to, for whatever they consider their good is. And his statistic, I think, was that they 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 need to investigate less than half of 1% of all physicians. So, you know, this isn't something that's very common, thankfully, but when it happens, it's pretty gross. And so he was talking about um, ways that physicians would use prescriptions you know, as trade-off, right? So it could be just for money. It could be um, for sexual favors. It could be for all sorts of things. It's like a, a little get out of jail free or whatever favor you want. I mean, one physician was using a prescription pad um, as a, a tip at a local strip club. So hmm. instead of shoving like 20s or 1s in the G-string, he's throwing a prescription yeah. uh, for some for some drugs in there. Like just yeah, things that my, I just can't wrap my, my brain around that. Now, but, listen, um, if you had a, if you had an, un, if you had your hands on an ungodly amount of prescription pills illegally, and you had a pass to pass them out, right? What would your favor be? What kind of favors would you be asking for? Laundry, for foot rubs, dude. Laundry. Nobody will rub my feet. Laundry is a good one. Laundry is a good one. Baseboards. But you got kids. They don't, I mean, they're not good at that. I mean, I would be like, yo, before you go out this weekend, hit those baseboards. That's an easy one for the kids. Laundry, yeah, so, kids will fuck that up. Yeah, I got some like, um, like bathroom, like vents that need to be changed out. I don't know. Okay. No, man, I'm not, that's gross. I'm not doing that stuff. It's so gross. It's so yeah. gross. The pill, yeah. oh, it is gross. I, I got some, I went and got some. I haven't had chickens in a few years and got some baby chicks recently. And, uh, the lady whose house I came upon, uh, it was just tough. Like yeah. not the chickens, not the stuff her, like she couldn't stand still and she was slaying and her eyes are closing. And it was just, it was very clearly pills and it just makes you just, uh. I, I feel for anybody going through addiction, but I'll tell you what, sitting back and looking at this, like, no, absolutely not. I'm throwing that prescription pad in the trash. Cause man, it leads to no good. <laughs> um, whew. um, all right. So let's talk about, let's oh, we actually have a little bit of a breakdown of the, um, the number here. So at the time it says that, uh, staff at the clinic went from writing several hundred prescriptions for controlled substances per month. So 700 prescriptions per month filled at pharmacies in 2008 to over 2,300 filled at pharmacies in January of 2010. So they That's went from, how you get caught. I mean, my goodness. So it says that he, with the assistance of his staff, which we are going to talk about his staff, um, is said to have distributed and dispensed more than 500,000 pills containing oxycodone, more than 400,000 pills containing alprazolam, which is Xanax, uh, and more than 19,000 ounces of cough syrup containing codeine. So we are looking at almost a million pills 
that we know of uh, that he has, you know, dispensed. Oh my gosh. And for money, right? Like, Oh yeah. Like he's getting paper. Yeah. Because they're coming in and uh, they're paying him like X amount, like a flat amount. I think it started at 115. Then it became 150 for like your first visit. But that's nothing like it's so he's just right. basically giving a piece of paper for 150 bucks. They're turning around and turning hundreds to thousands on these pills, depending on how much and, and what they got. So Damn. it was a win win as far as they as far as every party was concerned there. We need to find that gig. Ooh, man. Get that money. I know, right? Right now we got like super chat sponsor money coming in. Dude, can we? Yeah, I was gonna say like, is there like, um, what do you call those pills that aren't? They're not real. Placebo? Yeah. We should do like some placebo prescription. Just hand out like Smarties. Some kind of counterfeit. Like, yeah. (laughs) 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 Someone is making a blue chew joke in there. Listen, dude, those blue chews work, but they taste like shit. God, I I wish they tasted like Smarties. I'd be more inclined to do one. I mean, they turn you on. It's probably sure good it's that they. Yeah, off. Yeah, it's, it's probably good that they. Don't mm-hmm. take them before you have a steak. Does not go well with steak. That tastes it lasts in your mouth. Okay. And you don't want to wash it down with water because that waters down the effect. <laughs> I'm being quiet so you can get it all just like purge. <laughs> I was. I just take it with wine. <laughs> Cheap, shitty wine, anyway. Because <laughs> uh, I want to water my fucking blue chews down. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of that, spring has sprung. So have I. And our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning. They've already helped you tidy up all the nicks and crannies of your body's basement. But this year, Manscaped can help you get the perfect presentation on that beautiful face with the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Matter of fact, Jonathan Bates, old Jay Bates, if you've seen his face on Com Center, he's got one of these bad boys coming in the mail as we speak. Make sure you look your best this spring by using promo code WOLFPACK to get 20% off plus free shipping at Manscaped. To be honest with you, I don't know if if, if you if you if you're a first responder and you don't have a Manscaped package, I don't listen, dude. You don't have time for that shit. You need every bit of help you can get you've got to be manscaping all of it so that you can keep that love alive it's time to tame your mane with the beard hedger pro kit the sun is peeking back out which means you'll have to show your face in the daylight again jonathan so use the kits and make sure that you don't look like a vampire anymore make sure your scruff looks award-winning whether you go glorious beard flow or some smooth sleek cheeks like me right here smooth like a baby's butt the kit starts off with the beard hedger a waterproof cordless trimmer with rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths uh all with one guard so no uh, messy drawers full of add-ons it also comes with the titanium coated t-blades that are tough on hair but smooth on your face um i love the beard shampoo and the conditioner i use it every day well i don't use it every day but i use it like every other day every two days it smells awesome it smells like all that is man uh, the Pro Kit also has the beard oil, the nutrient-infused oil, relieves dryness. It's got the beard balm, little pomade that shapes and styles, moisturizes everything. Save 20% off free shipping with promo code WOLFPACK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code WOLFPACK at manscaped.com. Focus on the face and use the Beard Hedger Pro Kit for the cleanest look 
in the game. Nice. Nice. All right. So let's talk about what um, everyone found when they came to the scene. <laughs> I'm going to call it the scene is the clinic. And it was currently an operating clinic. Like it was, uh, meaning it was in operation. There were actual patients in there. So when this search warrant was executed, there were actual um, women being, because let's not forget, they're coming into it as a drug, as a little pill mill, right? Mm -hmm. But there are women in there um, actively in the process of having an abortion or recovering, and I use that term lightly, from one or anticipating one. And that can mean a lot of different things based on the way this horrible, horrible man did what he did. <sighs> was it All a right. massage parlor too? <laughs> Throw that in there. It's like a full I mean, service. You know, exactly. You place. would, you would think. Um, so, so they get to the, they get to the place and they go in, they've described the building as like almost triangular in formation. Uh, a lot of like ups and downs, like just kind of like creaky stairs, uh, weird narrow hallways, a lot of padlocked doors. Um, it, it was a hassle. We have, uh, uh, local, uh, it was, I think the, the drug detectives, um, some other people, I think at some point FBI actually got involved. It wound up being quite a few people on scene as this day progressed. So they talk about the second they walk in the filth of the waiting room. Right. So, uh, chairs torn, anything supposed to be the cleanest part, baby. Come on. Anything metal was rusted. Um, they talk about, uh, yellow brownish dried like liquid on the, toward the bottom of the walls where they will say that they believe that to be from the people who are waiting on the pills on the prescriptions, because these, uh, the addicts would come and wait for hours and hours and hours to get the prescription and would just use the wall to pee on. <laughs> Stop. Um, the guy didn't have a bathroom. Uh, I don't think they cared. I mean, they're kind of treating it like a local, like the stairwell in a parking garage. You know what I mean? They're sitting there waiting on their prescription for all their meds that they're going to turn around and sell on the street. God. All right. So let me just read to you. I mean, I feel like this guy didn't give a fuck at all. Like if you're putting out 2,500 pills, like you're the entryway to your business looks like shit. And it's supposed to be a doctor's office. Like, yep. come on, dude. Drew just said, I had to write a search warrant once for a medical clinic. Pretty tricky given the patient records and such. Exactly. And that's where, um, we're going to find them come to head in a moment where they have to make a decision to allow a procedure to continue or not. Because if, if they wind up charging this man, now he's actually, um, you know, uh, performing a procedure on someone as he's about to be arrested for something. So let's just, we're going to keep talking about it, but let me read to you. What I did that of, when I arrested a dude on a warrant at Sonic, I was like, dude, just finish making that burger and then hand her the burger and then come over here. But I let him finish making the burger first before I took yeah, him to Same thing. Kind of. Close. Well, surgery. Burger. Um, when the team members entered the clinic, they were appalled, describing it to the grand jury. This does go to the grand to a grand jury trial eventually. As filthy, deplorable, and disgusting, very unsanitary, very outdated, horrendous, and by far the worst that these experienced investigators had ever encountered. There was blood on the floor. There was blood everywhere. A stench of urine filled the air. 
A flea-infested cat, this one, this is not the only cat, is wandering through the facility. There was cat feces on the stairs. Semi-conscious women scheduled for abortions were moaning in the waiting room or the recovery room where they sat on dirty recliners covered in bloodstained blankets. All the women had been sedated by unlicensed staff long before Gosnell arrived at the clinic. We'll talk about that. He was very often not there. Staff members could not accurately state what medications or dosages they had administered to the waiting patients. Many of the medications and inventory were past expiration dates. Surgical procedure rooms were filthy and unsanitary, resembling a bad gas station restroom. Instruments were not sterile. Equipment was rusty, outdated. Oxygen equipment covered with dust, uh, yada, yada. Uh, The same tubing that was used for suction for abortions was also the only available tubing for oral airways if assistance for breathing was needed. Wait, what? Mm-hmm. So you don't get to have like, uh, you know, like when you go to the dentist, they put like a new cap on. There's no new for every nothing. patient. There's no new anything here. So the the <sighs> the bed that the woman would lie in for the procedure to be performed, um, and like to put your foot in this, you know, your feet in the stirrups. Right. The metal uh, was rusty. Uh, metal shards kind of sticking out, padding torn and broken open. They said that there was dried blood on every surface. Like nothing was ever, ever even remotely touched or cleaned. The smell was horrendous upon walking in. And this is where women are coming in for procedures to be doing Um, or to be done. Um, It says that, um, well, we'll talk about the rest of that in, in a moment, but they get alerted in the process of all of this leading up to the search warrant um, about the death of a woman named Karnamaya Monger. Karnamaya Monger was 41 years old and died under, at the time, what they thought were just kind of quasi-suspicious. It just sounded like maybe the bad outcome from a procedure without really diving into Gosnell and his practice. But in looking for this, what they needed for the drug charge. They also were able to vindicate her death on top of all this other stuff that they found out about. Right. So we're going to talk about Karnamaya first. She has this name, Karnamaya Monger. She was, she passed away in November of 2009. She was a refugee from Asia. She, um, had spent 20 years, uh, in Bhutan, I believe. And then her next 20 years in a refugee camp in Nepal. Now I won't get in the weeds of it, but the way that works there is not, there's a lot of, uh, depending on where you're from and who you are is how you're going to be treated in these different, you know, uh, cities around there. So as a refugee in Nepal, she experienced basically her whole 40 years, 41 years before she passed away, extreme poverty, uh, there was a lot of violence, rape, all sorts of things that happened um, where she came from. She had only been in the United States. We'll talk about that. Uh, abortions were legal, or I don't know if that was sarcasm with the with the quotes, um, Jonah, but they were legal there. This guy was doing very illegal practices. And so uh, Karnamaya moves to the United States. She doesn't know English yet. She finds herself pregnant. She already had other children and she is over six months pregnant and seeks out his services because she knew that he was known to provide very late term abortions. 
Um, and at the hands of an abortion at six months, it's not legal. You can always kill someone, but it's not, you're not supposed to be able to do that. Dang. I feel, I feel like, is it different when they kill, kill it at six months? I feel like it'd be a lot bigger. Do you mean legally? I guess I don't really. Yeah. Legally. Yes. It's, it's illegal. No, I get it. I'm asking you if medically to do it right. Like. If you're going to kill a baby early on, you can just suck it out like a vacuum through, through like the regular abortion. So I'm going to talk about the Do way you have to have the, different tools when it's six yes, months. Yes. It wouldn't okay. be done at a clinic. So I'm going to talk about the way it's actually supposed to be well, supposed to be done if you're doing it legally, I guess. Um, and then the way he did it. But so so she goes there. Long story short, she dies. We'll, we'll talk about it at the hands of um, a 15-year-old and someone else that works at the clinic with barely a high school education who were the, quote, chief anesthesiologist of the clinic, meaning she died from an overdose of Demerol at 90 pounds and, uh, or, yeah, 110 pounds. Did you say pounds. a 15-year-old? Mm-hmm. Was 15-year-old. The, was the lead um, anesthesiologist, if you will, in the clinic. Is this America? This was in Pennsylvania in a pretty big city, Lancaster County. Holy shit. It's like, hey, what do you do? Bag groceries. What do you do? <laughs> Anesthesiologist yeah. at an abortion clinic. Yep. Oh, shit. This guy, this oh, guy resume, got arrested. Bro. You guys, this was not 19. What? This He got arrested in 2011. So the 15-year-old abortion was did? legal. What? The 15-year-old got arrested? No. This okay. doctor, okay. I put in quotes. I got gotcha. you. Um, Got arrested in 2011. This was not 30, 40 years ago. This wasn't dirty dancing. This wasn't some where abortions are illegal and whatever. This dude is just doing these things. So we're going to talk about what his affinity for this was and and maybe why. So keep in mind, though, keep going back to Jim Wood and these detectives who are just coming in here to find Oxycontin. All right? Oxycontin. Um, They have been made at this point aware of um, her kind of – you know, um, suspicious death. And this is what they find. So they walk in, they approach him and they first say, you know, that they're there to execute the search warrant and why he says, um, okay, well, do you mind if I feed my turtles first? (laughs) What? So he has sea turtles in some sort of aquarium. You're not even supposed to have sea turtles. Uh, Well, Really? That's the hill? That's the hill you're going to die on? So, <laughs> yeah, sea turtles. So he goes and gets a bag of fresh clams to feed his sea turtles. And the detectives are looking at him oh. like, what in God's name are you doing? You know, like. Crazy. Nothing. Right. So he feeds the turtles. And then they want to talk to him. And he says, can I finish? Uh, I was watering my plants when you walked in. He oh. moseys around the clinic and, okay. and waters plants. Right. These men and women who are there to investigate are already appalled, not only by obviously what they see, the physical condition of the place. It's, it's terribly disgusting, but women are at every turn, like like semi-conscious, uh, moaning and pain. Like things are just very, it's very terrible. So you can look this stuff up y'all. I mean, there are pictures online. There are things I wish, you know, I I would rather not have seen. Sounds like a hospital in like Gettysburg. 
but her yes but worse because this was intentional this was malicious right. you know this wasn't because yeah. they didn't know better he's he's yeah. doing all the wrong things on purpose so anyway they go through uh one of the detectives was talking about the fact that they go down they're going to go down to the basement to to look at some things and immediately he said oh you don't want to go down there there's bugs down there Oh, we've all been like, there. We've all yeah, been there as cops where you Yeah, and they're like, okay. You start yeah, venturing off, you get a little go. too far ahead of the detectives, and you're like, Nope, this is where I draw the line. You do so, not. So well the, these detectives go down there and they go on in case. And she even said, she said, Look, I didn't anticipate uh finding anything or evidence to be preserved, but just to be safe, we went on and put on the suits, put on the booties, the hooded everything, mm. you know. She said they get down there, the smell is deplorable. But they're only there for a couple of minutes and they look Smells at each like other. Republicans. <laughs> yeah, right. They they look at each other and they um they they hear they, there's a noise. She said it sounded like rain on a window, just this tap, 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 tap you know, okay. on something. Yeah. And then when they look at each other, they realize what it is. I thought it was gonna be flies. It was not. It she said she looked down at her partner's feet and his feet are becoming black up to his knees, up to his thighs. It was fleas. Oh. And they are both starting to become, she said, I've never in my life before or since seen anything like this. Uh, they're just getting covered, uh, turning black from fleas on these white suits. Uh, immediately they run out the back door, go upstairs. Their, you know, coworkers help them take the stuff off and they get prepared to go back again. You know, now that they know what they're getting into, but that was like their right. first inkling of like, Oh, this is even worse than we could have assumed as they go through a woman is actively bleeding out and is requiring medical attention. I use that term loosely because that's not what he gave these women at all. Um, but he then says, you know, basically, can I go work on her? She needs this procedure completed. They kind of, that's where they start talking to each other. Like, like we're here because of drugs, but we also know that there's a suspicious death from a woman who had a perforated uterus that he likely right. contributed to. Do we let him do this or not? If we don't though, she's going to whatever. They were outweighed by by someone. I'm not sure who. And uh, he proceeded proceeded to. They don't have. They didn't have like ambulances. Well, they do. I'm not sure what happened in the moment that that's not what was called. But he completed the procedure. I mean, I don't know. As far as we know, that woman survived. But so that happened in the moment. They start looking around. Um, well, they go back to the basement, and there are room this thing is kind of like a tri-level and again like a triangular shape it's just an odd right odd building uh so they're going through these tight uh passages and stuff and they get down to the basement there's biohazard bags everywhere but then so first of all if there's a biohazard bag guys that's anything that's touched any like blood or bodily fluids right so that's where this stuff gets taken away it's treated differently than regular trash it to keep everybody safe you know and, and these things from contaminating anything um so, but it was so piled up down there that like it should have been picked up long and long and long ago. Um, stench again, just unbearable, but then it gets worse because they start looking through containers and they find like old milk jugs and, uh, big plastic, like dog food or cat food containers and, uh, urine sample jars and all these things. But ultimately, excuse me, ultimately they have body parts, if not full fetuses and all of them oh. there. It's everywhere. It's in the whole basement. So 
when they, they normally get rid of the fetuses at? Like, is it there, would go to it would go to a to a biohazard waste. I mean, it would go to a, well, no. Like, well, is that just like an extra ticket you get for the dump? Like instead of paying twenty four dollars a month, you pay thirty five dollars a month. So you have like no, it goes to a separate biohazard waste facility, right outside of normal trash because it's got blood and body fluids. It's, it's treated differently. It's going to be cremated or incinerated. You know, these things are. I wonder what that trash truck that. looks like. So, um, so they find this. They find a few. Uh, like plastic jars and things like this. Obviously, most of this is not proper medical storage equipment. This is, like I right. said, milk, you know, gallon jugs and things like that. Um, and they all contained feet, um, like baby uh, fetal feet. Why do they keep the feet? That's a good question. So we're going to talk about that. There's no reason to have kept those. Okay. Well, do you um, think that this guy has like um... – fetish like fetishes like is, is any of this sexual I, or is it all just predatory? i don't think it's sexual but i do think it's trophies not oh. necessarily sexual in nature why, but why like, would he keep trophies like why would that like why would he give a fuck? okay so think about this we've gotten so hard in putting him in the category of an abortionist or a doctor we're not looking at the fact that he could potentially be actually a serial killer uh, okay right. so so let's let's talk a little bit about that so the feet uh, moving forward, it was just very compelling testimony from these uh, men and women who had to see this stuff. Uh, they've they've not been the same since, understandably so. It was a horrific, horrific place to be, and the fact that it was still an ongoing clinic, uh, it is just. Uh, um, anyway, it, it's pretty terrible. So they go through. Uh, we know at the time. He was reported to be known to provide abortions to immigrant women and minority women. So keep in mind, just to get into the politics of it all or, or whatever people would say, even what he winds up having a white defense attorney male, this guy is um, uh, a black guy. So Gosnell is a black dude who's doing, doing all this. Just if I'm setting the scene, because that does come to be later when his white defense attorney talks about us oppressing these minorities, when he, as the role of physician is doing just that to his patients. He, he states when uh, they ask about the deplorable conditions, he says things over and over. They said he used this verbiage multiple times that uh, his patients, the population of patients he treats understands this kind of a, uh, this kind of a layout, this You wanted them to feel at home? Is that what he's yeah. saying? He's that saying that, racist. well, it sounds terrible. And he's saying that they wouldn't feel comfortable at like a Mayo Clinic, five-star clean, whatever, that this is what they feel comfortable in. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought Kermit was going to be an Asian. Mm-mm. I don't know why. Maybe I'm racist, but I thought he was going to be an Asian. So it says that he, it was claimed that he charged $1,600 to $3,000 for each late term abortion. He made ten dollars to $15,000 per day working here. Whoa. Um, mm -hmm. So why couldn't, if you're making 15 G's in a day, because he's why evil. Can't you hire like, and you're you've got a 15 year old anesthesiologist. Why can't you get a 13 year old fucking uh, cleaner? I, I, I think. Well, so when they eventually raided his house and and researched his house and looked and all that, 
They said that his house looked like that out of hoarders. Like with all this, the money doesn't, mm. you know, the money doesn't do anything, right? If he's like, whatever. Right. So the fridge and freezer of the home, they said we've never seen anything like it unless we're in a scene of like a hoarder type situation. It was disgusting. So his home was filthy as well. Okay. So you think this he had is that cat disease that Joe Rogan always talks about. No. Oh. So this is what they found. So now they're trying to work the drug charge, but now they're just like, oh, oh my gosh, like what have we gotten ourselves into? We don't even know it. So let's talk a little bit about this. This man has not been inspected. His clinic has not been inspected by public health, by the state, by the county for 17 years. All right. Seems about right. 17 years. So, um, Rick, where did I write his name down? Oh, Rick. Doesn't matter right this minute, but it was his, it was the, um, Oh, it'll come to me. The, uh, governor at the time of Pennsylvania, just leading up to this was a Republican who, so as we all know, Republicans are a bit stricter on abortion laws and these kinds of things. The Democrats tend to be known to have much broader, looser laws for this kind of thing. So the Republican who was running to become governor and won, one of his platforms was that he was just so pro-abortion, right? Sounds familiar. Mm. They're going to tell you what they want you to hear, right? This gets him in office. He gets an office in this predominantly uh, more left-leaning part of Pennsylvania and, again, running on that. So he goes so far as to say that not only am I pro-abortion, but, like, we really need to wash our hands of some of these um, some of this oversight and some of these regulations uh, that we have. And sense. so because of that, people the, – the left loved him at the time. Of course, I'm not saying that no one could have anticipated I'm what was going to happen that- here. With this Pennsylvania doctor. has like a really great history of voting. I should probably lose their voting rights. Pennsylvania, huh? Pennsylvania. They used to be yeah. just kind of purple for a while. Yeah, um, but they they vote they vote for some re- they they put some really dumb people in, like Fetterman. Oh my god, mm. y'all couldn't find anybody better than Fetterman. Um. So. Yeah, I'm reading. Sorry, Alpha Acre said, how do you pull that off? I mean, and this is how. So they literally stripped away any oversight, any uh, regulation toward these clinics. And so I'm sure some were seen some, but I'll, I'll tell you, uh, this is 17 years of, of not being properly. So no, what happened was there were public health nurses that were supposed to come out as uh, like regulators, quality control, uh, you know, investigators as such to inspect and, and these kinds of things. Well, they did, but they didn't. They didn't do anything. They were told from higher up. They were told from all authorities, basically, like, sign it off, sign it off. Don't actually. Um, yeah, because no, yeah, like, I mean, and that's like part of what's wrong with this whole country. It's like, oh, you know, it, it, like those smut, like 24 hour smut places, they're off limits. You can't go there as a cop. In Raleigh, they were like, you don't go there. I mean, if somebody, if you pull somebody over and they go into that parking lot, like that's one thing, but don't roll through that. Par- I can roll through any parking lot I want and look for people with warrants, like run mm. their tags, but mm. I can't run through one of those little 20. 20- Why are the smutty places? Why is it that the Asian massage place that you know is a front for probably trafficking? Why aren't you allowed to go fuck with it? Why don't they run any projects there? They have no problem playing bait car down in the ghetto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't but, know. But they won't go and play like 
you know, bait Jonathan Bates and send him in the massage parlor for a handy J? I don't know. Crazy. But the, yeah, and I don't know the answer to your question, but I just know that they, so no one to the tune that when these nurses who were supposed to be the ones that were the inspectors for the clinic, that worked for the public health department, went with investigators as they were doing the warrant and then later to come back through to kind of let them know like, yes, this is okay or no, this shouldn't be here. They literally stood there and like looked at them and they're like, what do you want us to do? They're like, what have you been doing for 16 years? Like do your job. That's what, and they're literally, they looked at them like, "Mm, (laughs) I don't even know what to do because they've not done it. They've not been doing their job, but they were told not to. So this comes from higher up and the governor himself had said like, look, don't to get himself elected, don't, you know, we're just really gonna, we're really gonna just be open and um, really progressive with these abortions. So here we are. No one could have anticipated how vile I think this could have gotten. So listen to some of this. So now that we know that he had no oversight, we know that he had hardly anything like that. Listen to some of the prior complaints that were, that were um, bred about this man and see what you think. Cause it blew my mind when I read this. So in 1989 and 93, He was cited by the Pennsylvania Department of Health for having no nurses in the recovery room. In 96, he was censured and fined in both Pennsylvania and New York for employing unlicensed personnel. Keeps on working. In, um, I'll get past that one. In 2000, there was a civil lawsuit filed on behalf of the children of Simica Shaw, a woman who had called the clinic the day after an abortion to report heavy bleeding and died three days later of a perforated uterus and a bloodstream infection. The case alleged that Gosnell had failed to tell her to return to the clinic or seek emergency medical care. It was settled out of court. 2001, one year later, uh, he claimed to be providing children's vaccines under a program administered by the Health Department's Division of Disease Control. He wasn't storing them properly, um, unsafe temperatures, not in the refrigerator. They expired, X, Y, Z. Again, in 2001, an ex-employee gave what a grand jury would later call a detailed written complaint um, to the Pennsylvania Department of State. In 2006, there was another civil lawsuit by a patient. It was dismissed, dismissed as it was, quote, out of time, but the complaint was that Gosnell had been unable to complete the abortion, but then apparently failed or refused to call paramedics after the patient needed help, and the patient reported, I really felt like he was going to leave me to die. In total, 46 known lawsuits were filed against Gosnell over 32 years of his career. Still actively, actively practicing, distributing pills, killing women and babies. And when I say killing babies, I'm not just using it as the term abortion. I'm talking about alive born babies. And so that's what we're going to talk about Um, because it really only gets worse. And I won't, I mean, I've said this before, I'm going to tell you enough to, it's going to make your stomach turn, but I'm still not going to say every single thing that I saw. You can read up anything you want to here, but it's pretty terrible. Um, so basically when they get into all this, they have to determine what's what they, they try to figure out tissue samples. Why would he have the feet? Well, here's the deal. When you talk to him, he's very arrogant. He's very, it's really reminiscent. A lot of the serial killers we've talked about, he's a talker, he's a boaster, a bragger, but he maintains innocence at every turn. So he has something to say about everything. When investigators were there the day for the search warrant, they pulled him in a room to have a chat and he had just come from a procedure. He's wearing a pair of gloves 
from the procedure that are covered doesn't in blood. Even take them off. They're covered in blood. He doesn't take them off, and he pulls out his lunch, <laughs> and he eats his lunch while talking to them. Do you remember the movie Boondock Saints, where the oh, detective gosh, was yeah, like working the murder scene, and then he like rubs his bloody hand through his hair to like fix his hair? Everybody's like, Ooh. "That's how I picture this mm-hmm. guy right now." Yeah. So then when later he's in prison and like people will interview him and, and ask him about things like this, like why, why in heaven's name, did you have those, you know, would you eat your lunch with those gloves? And he said, I mean, he just seems incredulous. Like, why would you even ask me that? Cause he says, I, I was using chopsticks. It was teriyaki salmon. <laughs> like, What's the problem? <laughs> um, That's what he was having with sushi. Uh, well, teriyaki salmon, probably like a, like over rice or something is what I'm picturing, but I don't know. Uh, yeah. And, and just seemed everything they come at him with, he has something to say for it. So when it comes to the feet and they asked him about this, his, what he told them was that he needed it for tissue samples for DNA follow up and all this stuff that he was not doing already, nor would you need feet for like entire body parts, but you would just need a very minuscule sample of tissue or blood for this. Um, the feet, uh, as you can imagine, uh, became a really big problem for the investigators to have to live about, you know, talk about later and, and live with um, because some were teeny tiny, but quite a few they talked about looking like just, you know, newborn baby feet. Like they, they weren't. Oh, shit. Um, yeah. So when we find out about that, that's when later they start looking at like the feet were more like trophies. So you think about, again, like we can't say that he's just an abortionist. He can't be a serial killer. He could be both. And he also, uh, they talked about his, he almost had like a, like an enjoyment from this stuff. And he often would eat his lunch during a procedure. So you find this out later. He often would be eating while he's performing these things. Like he's deriving pleasure from all of this stuff. So it's it's very bizarre. Very long story short. And the fact that he pairs sushi with it, it's like next level shit. I just don't. I mean, it's even it's sandwich, soup, whatever. You know what I mean? Like you're you're performing abortions. Like so, these women are near death and dying at every turn. They say that they are in. They are in the waiting rooms. They are in the recovery rooms. They are in the procedure room, all in some sort of um, semi-consciousness because of the amount of medications they had been given. So keep in mind the 15-year-old, she was a daughter of another employee that worked there that actually at the time was getting some high school credits for working at this clinic. They didn't know what she was doing. I'm sure they just thought she was volunteering her time. Well, he gave her about a 15 minute lesson in Demerol administration and how to um, measure out for for Xanax, Demerol, you name it. Um, And she couldn't understand it all. So she color coded it. So she even said out loud that in her head, she would look at it by saying things like, um, okay, a little bit of the pink stuff, a little bit of the red stuff. And she'd just like give it to him. But I mean, these are very, very strong drugs, obviously. So. Uh, Whoa, like, so that was her measurement is like, yeah. oh, just like, we're going to go one part just 15. pink shit, two parts blue shit. We'll just see what mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a fat motherfucker. We're going to go two parts pink, three parts blue on this one. And he, like I said, he was often not um, on site. He got to where he would, he would leave quite frequently. So, um, basically, think that, like the 15 year old doesn't go and snitch this out. Like. 
It's the 15 year old side going back to high school and be like, go, yo, I'm fucking dosing people up right before they get an abortion. You know what I mean? I don't mean? know. Yeah, I don't I know. I feel like that would come out. Well, when you find out what her mom did, like the, what this kid has to live with now, like, right. you know what I mean? So basically what we find out is that these babies, very, very many of the babies were born alive. Um, he would call it precipitous labor. Precipitous labor is when you go into labor before you're gestationally um, ready and, and oh. the baby starts to come when it's when it's not time yet for the baby to come. This was not true precipitous later labor. I mean, it is in the sense that he caused it, but he was causing it. So not to get in the big scientific weeds of abortion, but basically, uh, usually if you are having a, a first trimester abortion, that's when people would, I think, like to think that that takes place. If it's going to take place, um, you get, uh, you can, within the first few days, you can get the medicine. You've heard of a plan B. You can also have... Um, basically like a, a, you go in and they do kind of a local on you in a clinic. They do like a little suction procedure that removes the contents of the uterus and you kind of recover for a few minutes and go home. If your second trimester, this is getting awfully late at this point, uh, same idea, but then they also use a tool that scrapes the inside of the uterus and, and, and moves forward that. And then, and then further than that, when you talk late term, typically speaking, the only late term that's legal is if um, baby is in imminent danger, meaning like baby will not survive birth per the visit, what the physician says, or mom's life is in danger. Those are the only times that a late term abortion is supposed to be legal in the United States. And that would be done in a hospital generally under general anesthesia, like completely knocked out. Right. You're not doing this in a clinic because this baby is sizable at this point. You can't do the things that you do to remove a baby from the uterus when it's this not safely anyway for mom at all. Right, it's gotta be um, like a real surgery. Correct. So whenever you do any of those procedures, the first step is to um, inject through mother's abdomen into mm -hmm. the baby, a drug that stops the heart. So the baby is already no longer with us when the procedure takes place. What we found out was he said that's what he was doing and he would eject the mother. And mm -hmm. he told many people that he wasn't, um, he was using a placebo, probably saline, just probably nothing. Um, didn't give the baby anything. He was trying to save money at that cost. I think others would then say later, the detectives that not only was he saving money, he was amassing a certain enjoyment for what then came. So he would give the women um, more, more, more than they should have had of the medicine cytotech that induces labor and opens the cervix. And then he would give them this and have them go sit on the toilet. You can imagine what happens. It could be a couple of days, though. This doesn't happen immediately. And then when the baby was born, so many of the times they were living. They later talk about a baby crying. He tells the people that work there that when you see them moving their arms or making that noise like crying, it's involuntary and they have they can't feel it and they're actually dying. But then he, I'm going to say this one thing and then we're going to get out of this and go into the legal portion of it. Uh, when they were born alive, he would uh, put scissors to the back of their neck and snip their spinal cord and kill them. 
He called Whoa. this snipping. And so then every woman that worked with him would later just refer to it as snipping. What did you do? Well, then we had to snip it, meaning you just murdered a baby. Um, <sighs> so this gets into the legalities and the weeds of where the United States has talked about, you know, is it, it we consider anything at this point, I believe 24 weeks and after as looked at as viable, meaning I think if depending on the state you're in or whatnot, if you were to go to trial for murder and let's say you murdered a pregnant woman and she's passed a certain mark and gestation, you can count that as two uh, living beings because the baby would have been viable outside of the mother's womb. Right. Um, this, this gets in the weeds of, they have to now prove, the detectives have to now prove, were these just illegal abortions because he was providing them um you know, without proper licenses, without whatever, and maybe- I mean, to, isn't an illegal abortion just fucking murder? So that's a separate getting in the weeds out. That's on, you know, our own personal convictions on abortion, right? And I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but it's legal, right? So we know it's legal, so it's not considered murder in the eyes of the law if it's done lawfully with right. the laws that we have in sure. place state by state, right? But if right? you don't do it by the law, then you're- Murdering if you somebody. don't, then you are murdering. But what they have to say is if he was committing, they could say that, you know, he, he could have provided illegal abortions, but they wouldn't have deemed it murder. It's deemed murder if the baby is born alive. Yeah, but like, okay, thing. so if, I, if, if you're the justice system and you give somebody the electric chair, you hang them to death by law, you're not committing murder. But if I go out and hang somebody for committing a crime, that's still fucking murder. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. So it's like letting somebody have a fucking yeah, we'll baby and I think, snipping I think, it. That's murder. Well, that's not a question. Yes, that's murder. There was the born alive bill that was trying to be passed. That's a whole different thing. Where somebody if in the chat certain... saying in New Hampshire, you can fucking have the child and then abort it. Is that real? I mean, he said it like three times in here. Do they mean born alive or do they mean up? I think he said till the day of the day of the due date, meaning that's a late term abortion. But I don't think that you can do it just willy nilly. Like you can't just go and say, I want this. I do think okay. that it has to be um, because baby or mother's life is in imminent danger, okay. if I'm not mistaken. And I didn't look at every state's particular laws because sure. we have, you know, different laws you per state. So, um, but yes, so now what the detectives are faced with is having to prove, they have to provide evidence to show, okay, yeah, it's Chris Dreyer. He said, no, I said it twice. It's until the due date, not after. Yeah, um, yeah. So well, Sorry, Chris. Sometimes I scroll up and down these chats so I see things over and over again. Yeah. Um, but I was wondering the whole thing. It's a good, I mean, it's a good point because I didn't know that you could have an abortion up until the point of the due date. Now, I would hope that it's like because of like some kind of serious problem I, I hope it's just like eh, you know what well that's what i'm My saying See, they can't, you can't just choose out, it so. it has to be prescribed yeah What's it that? has to be prescribed because mom or baby are in imminent danger of um of not surviving so right. uh okay so the detectives have to prove that these babies were born first and then killed mm -hmm. that's going to be very difficult to do you've seen the we've talked about the uh, the scene there that the the way the evidence has obviously not been preserved, the way things are, a lot of things are, a lot of babies are no longer here. Like they, he's gotten rid of the evidence, gotten rid of the bodies. Um, so that's what they are in 
that's the work that they have cut out for them. Okay. So <laughs> still working the drug, still working the drug mill, but now obviously right. it's been, like, I, I feel like we just put stuff. the drug thing like on the back burner. Like we'll just leave that over here. Right. And, like, let's just go ahead and start easy with the snipped. Anybody who was snipped, any of the babies that were snipped, we're just going to go ahead and put that as one murder charge. We'll get that ball right. rolling. Then we'll go back to arguing about whether it's an abortion or not at late term bad abortions. And then we'll go to the drugs last. Yeah. I mean, oh my goodness. So they have to, I don't know where that one paper went. Um, so they have to prove, prove that stuff. So what do they do? How do they do that? How do they find evidence that these babies were born alive first? So one of the things you can do is when a baby is born, sorry for all the rattling in my papers here. When, when a baby is born and takes in air, a lot of amazing, miraculous things happen immediately within the first few seconds of life. And, and taking in air is actually one of them because it's come out of the amniotic fluid and it, its entire internal system has to change to now not, you know, have fluid pass through, but to breathe air. And, and it all happens at the drop of a hat, generally speaking. So one thing they could do is take these, the bodies, of the babies, um, And what a pathologist generally would do is submerge the lungs in water. And if you see air bubbles, then you know a breath had been taken. And that would prove that these babies were born alive first. Unfortunately, they were immediately um, submerged in fluid. Like he had some of them in formaldehyde, some of them in whatever, a lot of them thrown straight in the freezer. So now that's not something that we can do. Uh, another thing you can do is if, um, and this is super yucky, I'm just going to talk about it scientifically as it is, and we're not going to get into the emotion of it because it's terrible. But if you were to perform a late term abortion and a baby is quite sizable, um, even, even a bit smaller, uh, generally speaking, what would happen is the skull would be crushed, um, to be able to fit through the cervix, um, in a way that natural birth would provide, but in this situation would not. Sure. Um, so if the skull is crushed and or brain matter um, removed to make the process happen. So what happened is this detective, um, uh, Christy, I forget, if, whatever. If you guys have seen this, I, I don't want to not know her name because she's amazing. She took it upon herself to do this because now it's gone to a grand jury indictment. So now everyone's sealed in, like you're in the know or you're not. So now they can't hire, they can't hire out outside pathologists and MEs to do these things now with this information. So she takes it upon herself to go. Um, She talked about it being an honor to be able to, you know, handle these babies and and respect them. You know, the only time they've been respected really. And um, she, um, she did it. So she did the surgery. She removed the tops of their um, skulls to see if there was evidence of skull fracture or um, brain matter being removed. And in each and every case, that was not the case. Meaning, again, it points toward the babies being alive when they were born. They came out uh, naturally and then were murdered. The other thing that the grand jury had to go off of was witness statements, meaning another physician that worked there and any of the women who worked there for this man and his wife, because his wife was also a part of this, by the way. So they would then testify to, they couldn't tell numbers. They would say dozens, hundreds, 
basically every baby born just about was born alive unless it just happened to, to die prior. But it seemed as though his goal was that they would be born alive first. So that they, with, the question, why, like what the fuck dude? just abort them the regular way? How because I think he was a, he's a killer. Like he oh. derived, it's, it's no different than we say, why did this guy go and go on this spree killing and kill seven people in different places? Why? Because that's what he derived, you I know, just, some sort of joy know, from like, my God, getting joy from killing babies. What a sick fuck. Yeah. I mean, it's terrible. Oh, and the women. So let's not, not to mention the, the woman that we spoke of earlier, Karnamaya uh, Monger, she the words were and the detective she said this earlier and she said this that will never leave me because the words from one of the employees there were she put up a fuss and that's such a horrific way of saying she knew she was dying um we have a 15 year old who was brought in changed her mind while she was there decided she didn't want an abortion he forcefully restrained her she wakes up 12 hours later. She becomes sedated, wakes up 12 hours later, um, back home. Abortion was complete. He told her as he was holding her down that he would do, he would do this just like he would do for his own daughter. We then find cases. Keep in mind, he preyed on these women who a lot of them were immigrants or of poverty level. Um, he also had on his personal phone hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, they said of pictures of, um, the, the women's genitalia. Uh, so as he would prep them and sedate them for the abortion, he would take pictures of them. He said Gross. that it was his, his, what he said, his rationale was that it was to document, um, sexual mutilation. If you're aware in certain countries, they do a procedure as girls come of age. Some people call it female circumcision. It's, it's a very different situation in fact, but uh, he said that it was to document that, to, to research it further. We all know that that's not what this is. He, he it was his personal phone when they were knocked out. No one signed consents. No one, he didn't move forward with research. Uh, and in oh. fact, more of the women than not had so not had that. Were, like done. all the pictures were just of women who had been circumcised? No. Oh. So that was, well, that my, that's what he said was why he, that was his reasoning for having taken the photographs. But they said, that, first of all, he never moved forward with research or did anything with that anyway. But most well, of listen, the women- I've got a whole bunch of pictures of tits on my phone, but I'm going to do the research. Uh, most of the women had not had that done. So most of these women had, weren't immigrants, had not had that done. So, I mean, dang. nothing that he ever said made any sense. At every turn, the dude's just, just a bunch disgusting. of pits on he, your phone. He Gross. talked about- um, he talked about going to Auschwitz on a vacation or, you know, like on a, a holiday at some point and talked about going to the memorial there, the Holocaust Memorial. And he was telling detectives over and over again about how he was fixated on the memorial for the children and how well done it was. And he said, and all it was was just teeny rows of all these little shoes. The dude's. Oh, the dude's um, got some fucking thing, dude. Mm -hmm. He's got a thing. So, so why do they let the guys like this live? Well, I, he's like Alec Murdoch. What's yeah. the point of two life sentences? Let's just fucking end this guy. I mean, this guy, but so for the trial, he was convicted. 
they were finally able to, as I said, there was, it's not like there was a lot of evidence that was able to be properly used in terms of proving that these children were born alive first. He was ultimately convicted of uh, manslaughter of three babies out of dozens and dozens and dozens. Um, no, manslaughter, excuse me, manslaughter for um, the woman who passed away for a Karnamaya monger. And then he was charged with the murder of three of the babies out of all of the ones. Anyway, he did not get the death penalty. That's why he got his little stuff converted over so he couldn't be tried for that. Um, but he will be in – he, and then, of course, all the drug stuff. So he's going to be in prison for the rest of his life. be cool if they did like a late-term abortion on him where they took like a big giant hose that led to a wood chipper. And then it sucked him out of his jail cell through the yeah. bars. And then like, which would like kind of crush him on his way through and then straight into the wood chipper and then bagged and done. Yep. I feel like that's where he's got to go. He looks like an actor to me though. He looks like, oh man, I can't even think of the name of the movie that the actor is in. Hey, I'll show a picture guys. And I, I put up one on my story tonight on Andrea up late tomorrow. I'll put some more pictures up. Um, I may not even have one in the papers that I have in front of me. I think they're no, that's all right. I mean, we'll just post it. You just go to her Instagram. Um, yeah. Man, what is the? Uh... Oh, you know what? He was in the movie Walking Tall. Hold on one second. Go Were you thinking? You're not thinking of like James Earl Jones or something? Who are you thinking? Of? No, 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 no. Um, no, just go ahead and, and keep talking. I'll... Well, well, that's kind of it. I mean, that's as much of the stories I care to, you know what I mean? Um, as you can imagine. Again, John Beasley. John Beasley. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me see if I can. Um, it's awful. He still maintains innocence, meaning that he, it's not that he even maintains innocence. He just takes everything they say and has a reason for it. He rationalizes why he did everything he did and, and doesn't seem to think that any of it was um, wrong or bad. Um, it's gross. And these women, I mean, and this is not even to say all the women who suffered in one suffered a severe head injury when she convulsed and fell off a table in his clinic. I mean, there's just so many accounts. Like I, I just had to quit reading the terrible injuries that didn't lead to death, but where women suffered and uh, went to the hospital when Karnamaya Monger passed away, by the way, they did finally call 911 for her. And paramedics got there and fire and EMS and they couldn't even get to her because of all the padlocks and all the doors to get to where her room was. Um, and you'd think that like EMS would be like, yo, this probably isn't. Right. So they did, they did, let's say, look into it. EMS didn't look into it, but I think that they filed something. But again, it falls on deaf ears because everybody, right. he had been, you know, 40 something complaints against him for decades. Right. And, and this and this Jim Wood, this uh, drug detective, has been really touted in really letting the story be known about Karnamaya, the woman who passed away. Of course, we know that there probably were more that we just don't know about. Um, but really getting her name out there and really exposing this guy for the most horrible, horrible things he was doing. And, and again, just completely upon happenstance because this was just a drug mill flip. So. Yeah. Man, mm. that is. But I didn't want to talk about it because it's tough. But you know, me not talking about it doesn't mean that it didn't happen. And and I would be, if this happened and he was arrested in 2011, who's to say where this could also be happening somewhere? So, 
please. <laughs> right. Don't go to these places. Don't, don't yeah, like go somewhere like that. If you've had something happen and you need counseling after the fact, or you, you want to talk about things that, you know, like nothing is, nothing is, I don't know, finite. You know what I'm saying? Like you can always. All right. Listen, so I'm going to show a picture of Kermit Gosnell really quick. Here's Kermit Gosnell. Uh, here's John Beasley. I think it's the lighter complexion with like freckles. Like see his little, yeah. The nose though. The nose has got the same kind of shape. see. Uh, no. No. They have very different noses. Yeah. Look, you see his nostrils. You don't see his nostrils. I'm just saying they look similar. I think it's their complexion. My, it's like I got one shitty picture. Let me get a, here. Here's a picture of John Beasley with, with hair, with facial hair, like, like that guy. Damn it. But anyway, yeah, no, that's a fucking crazy episode, man. I, I, it's it's insane that that happened, um, you know, not even that long ago. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like to read about this, you would think this was back somewhere, or or it's somewhere that you know abortion was outlawed and all this stuff, and no one knew better or could. No, this is holy guacamole. <laughs> David J. Supporting FTS, dude. How much money you dropping tonight, dude? This is like two hundred bucks for for Dave. Supporting FTS night shift, getting me through the night every week, and twice with John Bates from Con Center as the celeb guest. Uh, yeah. thank you, brother. Thank you so much, man. Thank you, David. Thank you so much. And and Calso, um, what did you call Calso earlier? Um, his name is also Jonah. Oh, is Calso David J? Nope, it's Jonah. Jonah. He's like, what are you, Cal? You're not Swiss. Hmm. Finnish. I don't know. Something. Oh, my gosh. It's something like um, that. He'll tell us. Like Nijkin, dude. I'm still eating off of Nijkin's candy. Um, Craig says, careful, Tansy. Not sure what I'm being careful for. Uh, Seth, a giant forceps found to pull Kermit's head through the cell bars. We've had a lot of people in the live chat. We appreciate it. I'm about to eat Taco Bell to try and force myself to puke. So that's fun. It's coming from Lasro Lopez. Lasro, if you just go back about 30 minutes on this episode where uh, Andre goes in depth about these late terms, I think you'll probably have a probably help you out a little bit there. Help the old gag reflex. I know I felt like throwing up a few times. Had oh. a poor glass of moonshine for this episode. David J, Greg, Falconators in the house, TJRM. If you guys want to be part of our paid members, you can go to YouTube. Looks like our super chat's back and in working in good order. So that's going to help. And that's going to really help improve this show now that we're out of the sin bin. So um, also we're looking at find... bringing on potentially oh, a new Monday show, which could be killer. So, uh, we, we actually, uh, we're actually, you know, going through the interview process and everything like that, doing, uh, doing some pilot episodes to see where that goes. But, you know, I don't, I don't like to keep anything a secret. So maybe, maybe in the works, we got a Monday show. Um, it's new to, new to me. Can I say that? Yeah, it's, it's new to everybody. It's new cool. to everybody. Um, That's exciting. I got some stickers, y'all. So we're going to oh, figure out sure. millions of stickers. We got to do a giveaway. Oh. So let's do yeah, a sticker well, giveaway for somebody. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw you a sticker. They're little, little circle fit, but they're cute. I like it. I've already got one on my laptop. Good laptop, good laptop sticker. Yeah, laptop, a coffee mug, water mug. Super cute. And I want to get some, we'll pump out some shirts and some other things. But yeah, we got stickers for now and uh, getting, getting back to it. 
last row. Are you sure year. you're not passing a kidney stone, brother? He says you got the worst tummy ache and it's hurting my back. That sounds like a kidney stone. That sounds kidney like to me. Yeah, could have a kidney stone there, brother. Um, I'll tell you the best advice for passing a kidney stone that I ever got. I was in the military when I passed it. And the medic said, we're going to send you home today. And here's what we want you to do. Go and grab a 12 pack or your favorite beer and grab a gallon of cranberry juice. Drink the gallon of cranberry juice. And then we want you to drink as much beer as you possibly can without throwing up. And that way you'll be really drunk and you'll have to pee really bad. And then the cranberry juice will slicken up your pee hole. That thing should come out pretty painless. It wasn't painless, but uh, I did get it out. I think it was about the sand, size of a sand spur. Mm. Ooh, it was awful. It was awful. I thought I had a seashell stuck in my penis. That's how that story started. That's why I went to the medic because I was surfing all morning. I hear it's terrible. I've never, I've never had one. Knock on wood. It literally feels like a, a like a seashell could be stuck in your penis, like just cutting all the edges of your penis. Yeah, that sounds awful. Um, but I got through it, you know, um, mm -hmm. I got through it, made it out on the other end and, uh, M mm. says, this is why we drink water kids. I don't know, dude. I don't, they don't know. They don't know why people get, um, some people are more prone. Uh, yeah. and there are uh, certain, I knew somebody that mm -hmm. passed one like every year. Well, and then as years Fuck go by, I was going to say that. you become a bit more, susceptible yeah um no i don't i didn't go to the doctor at all i just went and saw some people go for pain management lastro and that's why there's there when people get them regularly and sometimes they can be kind of a little bit bigger and so they can there's a um procedure where they can i say blast them but they can while they're inside you they can do this little um ultrasonic little thing that can like break it apart. So instead of like one big one, it's just like a few, a few granules. Anyway, whatever y'all. Yeah. And I've heard that still hurts like a motherfucker. I'm sure it's not pleasant. Like peeing it out. Like, I, I yeah. So bad. I don't know, man. Like, like I said, I got pissed drunk. I think it was on Guinness. I think I had like Ooh. eight of them by the time I passed mine. Um, it took me like half a day to finish the cranberry juice though. That was the hardest part. I still don't like, how can you juice. drink eight Guinness? Oh, I have had 23 Guinness in one day. I don't know. I There's an Irish pub here who does the proper pour, you know? Yeah. So uh, it's always funny because you see people reach for it, they pour it, and people, and they're like, nah, like, not. Yeah. <laughs> like, Fuck off. It, yeah, they do the proper uh, pour, but it's good. But fun fact yeah. 9% of kidney stones result in penis replacement surgery, and usually it's smaller. Thank you, what? Greg. That's not real, right? That's not real, honey. Mm. No. Um, no. My penis got bigger after my okay. kidney stone. Thank you, Greg, gave, for all of that. Gave me a whole half an inch. So, which means it might break, uh, might break your pubic line, your pubic hair line there, Lasserelle, if it gets any bigger. Uh, all right, cool, man. Well, um, we'll do some kind of, we'll do a sticker giveaway yep. on the Instagrams. And I'll mail it through stamps.com forward slash Wolfpack. Of course um, we will. Going to go home and sleep on my ghost bed. Ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. Sleep so good. It's scary. Um, every night we should be focused on mental health. And uh, mental health starts with a good night's sleep. And that's why we love Ghostbed. Um, 
But you can tune in for my full ghost bed. Where's it made? Tomorrow. I don't want evidence of that, so I'll take your word for it, Eric. M, fucking send me a DM, dude. I'll show you how. I'll show you a before and after of my penis. Before the, before the kidney stone, after the kidney stone. Trust me. Trust me. I thought we were talking about ghost bed. We were, and then we started talking about dick pics. Uh, Bosco, we love you too. You got any um, good dick pics lately? Anybody no. been sending you the old D yep. pics lately? That nope. kind of die yes. off. The only the down? only good ones that I can have are none of them. They died down. They Remember weren't. The kidding. They weren't a thing. No, they weren't a thing. People would send pictures would... of roosters. Remember? Oh. We did the whole thing. It was like like or George or no, that was Bush. Um, roosters or oh the letter D on a keyboard. Oh, that's right. We did do Remember? all that. We did do yeah. all that. Uh, yeah. That's sad. That's I'm sorry. Wonderful. I thought I wanted better from our fans for you. Yeah, thank you. Save for that. your $100 super chat and send Andrea tip. No. <laughs> she doesn't oh. want your 100 bucks. She just wants to see your dick. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with that. <laughs> Disgusting. Oh, that was a fun episode. Wow, it was a terrible episode. Yeah, it was a terribly good episode. Uh, yeah, it was good. I just think that these kinds of things need to be brought to light. Yeah, uh, because I, you know, you what, know what? When I see, like, when I hear a story like this, all I think about are all those like Asian massage parlors. That's probably why I thought this guy was Asian. Like, I feel like there's some seedy shit that goes. Down oh, for sure. And I don't, I don't think it's just like people always of willing consent. You know what I mean? Like, it's not always just. Like, because people talk about like, I don't want whatever. Yeah, because I mean, it's like how you lose your kidneys. We talk about like, well, we talk about like, um, um, like certain strippers or certain prostitutes, and it's always like, oh, victimless crime, victimless crime. But it's not always a victimless crime. And I think that when it comes to some of those weird, shady massage parlors, or here, like the women who were implicated and got charged. Actually, I've got a. um, Let me tell you this. Let me. uh, Let me. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. When it came down to the trial, uh, what happened? Let me tell you about the sentencing, and then we're going to wrap this up. All right. Did they charge the 15-year-old girl? Uh, I don't believe so. So Pearl, his wife, um, she was charged with abortion at 24 or more weeks, conspiracy, and participating in a corrupt organization. She pled guilty to these charges on December 13, 2011, sentenced to 7 to 23 months in prison. Right. Yeah. Um, Eileen, uh, it's a theft by deception. Let's see here. Steven Massoff. So he was actually a medical school graduate, but he didn't have a license. He wasn't, you guys, you know, so you go to college, you do pre-med, you right. do med school. You're not a doctor until you take your, your, your MCATs, you, you become an MD and you still have to go through residency and fellowship and all these other things. He didn't. He, so he just went through the college done. So didn't have a license, but worked alongside, uh, Gosnell there at the clinic and Stephen pled guilty in November of 2011 to two counts of third degree murder for the deaths of two of the babies who had been born alive. Remember there were dozens, if not hundreds right. of them. We only had the evidence for a couple. Um, Karima Cross, who testified at the state trial that she had seen at least 10 babies breathe after being aborted, who were then killed, pled guilty to facing, to facing federal drug charges. I mean, they're, they're, it was very lenient. Uh, she, this one, Adrian 
pled guilty to third-degree murder, admitted to cutting the neck of 10 babies and racketeering charges. She was sentenced to 11 and a half to 23 months in prison. She quite literally pled guilty to when they say snipping the neck, meaning plunging scissors into a bait, a crying baby's neck and snipping the spinal cord to at least 10 of them. Um, anyway, it goes through all the people who worked for him, whatever he's there. What did he get? Hey, life, 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 life without okay, possibility yeah. of parole. Like he's not getting out, but, but why are these um, other girls? Okay. I think that they were viewed as, and, and this is partially true as, um, pretty easy to fall into something pretty bad. Like these were women who were very vulnerable, who were probably already in the system. I think one of them had already been one of his patients. These are people who were, um, uh, very uneducated. Uh, I mean, we had a 15 year old in there, right? Like, so uneducated, uh, I feel like the girl who snipped fucking baby necks. I know. I don't care if she wasn't the only one. They all did. I mean, like if you're an adult and you snip a child's neck after its first breath, like fuck you. Yeah. I mean, they Ooh. talked about, uh, they talked about one of them, like actually part of the problem was they had a plumber come out because the, the toilets were clogged. Yeah. But I've clogged it's, my toilets all the time and I'm not having abortions. You know what obviously. I'm talking about? This is what it was from fuck. The, the babies. I mean like, so it's, it's just, it was, it was horrible and I'm sorry. We'll, we'll make it, we'll mix it up next week. I think we're all going to need it, but it's, it's worth talking about. This is what I come at night shift for. I like the mayhem and the gruesomeness. Yeah. That's what keeps this stuff away. is, this dude needs to be, I don't know. I'm not even sure what would be proper, but, um, I, I can, my point is I can promise you that if 12 years ago, this was going on, What's it's going, going on today, today somewhere. Yeah. So. Yeah, it makes you think, like, I mean, if you're out on the beat, if you're a cop, man, pff, fucking find it, dude. If you're in a big city cop, I mean, shit, maybe not even a big city cop. I'm telling you, there's some seedy, there's some seedy shit that goes on in, in the yeah. town, man. Somebody, somebody's got to go have a late-term abortion somewhere. They you do. Know? I mean, yeah. I mean, it happens all over. Yeah, like, all yeah. the time. Um, and at this point, like... You know, I wonder about the people who went and had the late-term abortions. Like, is like it just where they more made do so? Is that what you mean? Is it like just more convenient to go to one of these types of places than it is to just go to a real abortion clinic and get like a real abortion? Or is it cheaper to go to this guy? You know, like no, it's the later it is, the more expensive it is. So I'm not sure why. You know, I don't know in their individual circumstances what caused them to wait so long like i don't i don't know you know what their reasoning would have been behind that I have, right. I have no idea i can't i didn't mean to be fair i can't wrap my head around any of it but i i certainly i don't know um i don't know what their individual circumstances was or or why in the world it was that late but man i wonder if any of the cops even, held up a jar of the feet and was like it appears that there's criminal activities afoot yeah Go investigate these places. Walk in places. That's what they said. That's what that's what um one of the uh, detectives said was that one of the more eerie things was as he's talking to reporters or standing outside on the corner just trying to have a sip of coffee and take a deep breath before going back in. 
People are just casually jogging by, going about their day, going to work. And these atrocities were happening day in and day out for years at this clinic. Um, you know, yeah. and so, and to, to align both of those things is very difficult. So absolutely. I mean, I wonder, if you're, what, he, that's, I wonder what he smoked. Newports? Uh, Kermit? Mm-hmm. I don't know. This is faggot choice. So gross. David J, right. 20 bucks we'll to support Andrea's need for D picks. To send to, to send Eric. <laughs> you can read all of it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be like mainstream media and only, only read the part that it pertains to my goals and that you prefer. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. This was a. Oh, uh, well, we geez. love you guys. Like, download, subscribe. Shift. Yeah, like, Review. download, subscribe, send D pics. Well, Till next time, guys. Guns up. Giddy up. Good night, y'all.